All right, Justin. You you can choose one of the following three options for the game tonight. There's an A, Uh-oh. B, or C. Now, to have a little fun with it, I'm not going to tell you what any of them are. You just get to choose a letter. Let's see. A is always tempting because it's first. B, I, I don't know. I, there's something about the letter B. I've never really liked the shape of it. Uh, I like a lot of C words, like the word cool. Capoeira <laughs> is a fun word that starts with a C. I like cake. That starts with a C. We'll go with C. All right, we're going to start this with uh, a fun fact slash some news then. Um, so apparently, uh, Dakota Johnson uh, from Fifty Shades of Grey fame uh, was recently cast to play Madam Web in a Madam Web solo movie for the Sony Spider-Man universe of movies or whatever the fuck it's called. Hmm. Oh, wow. And and I bring that up because uh, somebody needs to have a talk with Sony. Like, what, what the fuck are they doing? I mean, don't get me wrong. I I like <laughs> I Madam know. Web as much as the next person that remembers her randomly from the animated TV show. But who the fuck wants to watch a Madam Web solo movie? <laughs> I I can't even tell you if Madam Web ever even got a solo comic run. Why the yeah, fuck I was about to say, like, what movie? the hell? What is that even gonna be? I, I don't know. Wow. It's just, I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're doing, they've done some shitty ass Venom movies. They're doing a Morbius movie that I guess they're trying to not release at this point. Uh, Cause that would have actually been the movie we'd be talking about right now. If it came out, would have been Morbius. Um, they're doing a Craven solo movie. They're doing a black cat solo movie. They're doing obviously now a Madam Web solo movie. They wanted to do an Aunt May spy movie. What the fuck is Sony doing? Aunt May spy. Aunt spy. Auntie spy. I don't know. I don't see it. It's because it's got the word spy in it like spider. I don't know if that's true or not, okay. but it, it wouldn't surprise me. I see it, me now. If that's Sony's I see it now. It's an excellent idea. I see it now. It's an excellent idea. Thank you. <laughs> now you're it's on great. board. Do it. You're like green light spider. <laughs> Let's do it. Green light. Green light. I mean, in the comics right now, currently in the comics, there is a new young version of Madam Web that would be 
more appropriate for somebody like Dakota Johnson to play. But at the same time, who the fuck's going to watch it? I mean, I know people are going to watch it because it's Spider-Man, whatever. But who? what are they doing? I'm just flabbergasted by the concept. So. I don't know. I guess you could say that this is probably the one of the maybe negative byproducts of certain comic of comic movies being so successful is that, you know, this was bound to happen. This is what Hollywood essentially does. You know, they, when something is successful and a lot of times those things are successful because they were thought out, they were good. They were ambitious. You know, the, the people were really trying to give something that we hadn't had before, but you know, other members of Hollywood, other studios, things like that, see things being successful. And then they go, Oh, that must mean we can just do anything and people will come see it. You know, Oh, they love Spider-Man. They love all three of the Spider-Man together. Oh, they love all the Spider-Man characters. All right. So therefore, Spider-Man anything would just make money. You know, Venom made money. And look, we did, we did two Venoms and, and it just did great. So I guess any of Spider-Man's rogue galleries, any side characters from Spider-Man can make money. This is just, to me, just indicative of Hollywood behavior. And this is what you get sometimes when something is successful. They just suddenly think everything will be. So, you know, the, 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 that's what this is. They did this with the teen horror movies. You know, we talked about that on our horror podcast. They did it then. They'll, you know, just they they do this. They see a trend and then they just try to milk it for all it's worth, regardless of how much sense it makes. I mean, I get it, but I... I just have a feeling it's not even going to make money. I just, I don't, I don't even see the financial sense in it, honestly. Like, I feel like <laughs> they're going to put 200 to 250 million into making it and it's going to make $5. I just, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Right. I mean, for all I know, it could end up being a great movie, whatever, but like, it's just, I don't know the logic behind it. I feel like Sony is just doing their damnedest. To try to ruin Spider-Man. Or anything associated with it. And then they've just accidentally not done that when they've teamed up with Marvel. (laughs) Because when they're left to their own devices, they are fucking it up. Just every chance they get. (laughs) I mean, they can't even release one of them. I think it's been delayed. I think Morbius has been delayed seven times. Oh, wow. What are they waiting on? Just a chance to make more money? Is that what this is? I think they did some more reshoots. Oh. Okay. Mm. Let's go into it. Fuck it. Why not? The rumor is right now. 
that because of the success of Spider-Man No Way Home and the renewed interest and love for the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, that the rumor is that they're doing some reshoots to add him into the movie. To have him be the Spider-Man in the movie. Not like a major part, but like for his Spider-Man to cameo in the movie. The biggest problem with that is that means that they've got like four universes going on for the plot of that movie. Because Morbius references Venom. In the trailer, we know this in the trailer, he references Venom and so does one of the cops. Because they talk about the weird black monster running around San Francisco. So they reference Mm -hmm. Venom. So it takes place in the Venom universe. Then we've also seen in the trailer that there's a picture of Spider-Man with the word murder written on it. That Spider-Man, if I'm remembering correctly, is technically the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man because of the way the uniform is. I know it's not Tom Holland Spider-Man. I know that. It's some random other Spider-Man, okay? So that's two universes. Then we know Michael Keaton's Vulture at least appeared in the trailer, which would then reference the Tom Holland Spider-Man universe. None of these references are Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. So now if you add him to the movie, that is four Spider-Man universes for this movie. What the fuck? Yeah. Morpheus mm. doing it big, bro. Doing it big. Like, I know people were excited about it. I know that there are people that are like, about the rumor that Andrew Garfield will appear in it. Because, like, you know, I think that Spider-Man No Way Home did a lot for the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Because I don't think he was terrible. It, it, Sony hated Spider-Man when he was doing them. So, they fucked him hardcore. I get it. And so, like, there's, like, a renewed interest and love of his Spider-Man in that potential. I get it. That doesn't mean shove him in the fucking Morbius movie. I mean, what next? Also, are you going to throw fucking, what's his name, William Defoe's fucking Green Goblin in there, too? Does everybody fucking love him in that, too? You going to just throw him in there, too? What about the... Yeah, he could fly around. Just have him flying around laughing or something. Are they going to throw in, I don't know, a random reference to, I don't know, Miles Morales is from Spider-Verse in there too? Like what? Let's just throw them all <laughs> in there. Let's just make this, let's just make Morbius live action into the Spider-Verse with more shit. Let's just throw more shit in there. I just, I don't know what the, the fuck more, they're doing. The Morpheus, Morpheus multiverse of madness, fool. Forget strange, man. Michael Morpheus about to do this, man. About to do this. We going all out. We going to every universe. Let's go. Fuck it. Why not? I guess. I don't, I just, let's go. Fuck not. Because I, I, I just, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. So. Anyway, that's all. That's that's my thought processes on on this Morbius movie coming out. Uh, yeah, fucking a. Um, 
Yeah, sounds like a car wreck waiting to happen. Pretty so. much. And and then they picked the release date of April 1st. Like, well, I kind of also feel like they're <laughs> going to April Fool's us on it and just go, ha, nope, next week. Like, or just something. Right. Hmm. Interesting choice. Or yeah, the just- anticipation of it is it feels like it's not going to live up to the anticipation that they're trying to pull off with it. You know? Well, I like how you worded that Heather trying to pull off. I don't think anybody is actually anticipating this movie. (laughs) Exactly. I think Sony just thinks they they were. And if they were, it might fall victim to kind of what black widow did where it's pushed back so long that the interest just wanes and, and may, or, or maybe that is what they're trying to do. If they are trying to put um, Andrew Garfield in it, maybe it's because they fear that. Like, it's been too long, so we got to add something to sweeten the deal, so to speak. But, I mean, this is what happens when you just go through all those delays. You know, it could wind up being another Black Widow situation, where even if the movie is halfway decent, and Black Widow wasn't a bad movie, but it kind of lost its appeal and hype because of how long it took it to come out. This might have some similar side effects, you know? I mean, when the when the pre when the previews first dropped for it, I was like, you know what? The, it doesn't look terrible. You know, I, I didn't want to see a Michael Morbius movie, but what I saw didn't make me mad. And then they just been delaying it and delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. I at least thought maybe it has a chance to be better than Venom. It looked like it, it, it could have it had a chance to at least be better than the Venom movie. So I was somewhat interested. Now I have just lost interest. And I'm not saying the public is me, but, you know. But your little story about Andrew Garfield is probably the most I've felt to care about that movie since all of the delays. Exactly me too, so, yes. So maybe, so maybe this is a good idea? I don't know. I don't know. I mean... The only way Andrew Garfield could possibly make that movie good, though, to me, is if it turns out the movie is just an hour and a half of Andrew Garfield squatting over Jared Leto's face and just shitting on it the whole movie. (laughs) I'd appreciate that. (laughs) I just don't feel like they're going to do that. So, because I mean, I was kind of the exact opposite of you, Justin, with the trailer for this movie. Um, I thought nothing looked good. Like I, everything they showed, I was like, "That's dumb." And then they show something else, and I would be like, "That's dumb." And I literally just kept saying that over and over in my head, and just didn't like any of it. But I mean, I I truly hate Jared Leto, though. So I think that that's kind of a, a a bad starting point, you know. And you're burned out on Marvel. Well, yeah, and this is Sony, so it's it's even worse shit than what I'm burned out on. Right. At least being burned out on Marvel, there's still the argument, with the exception of I don't know the the Eternals, that my burned outness is why I don't like it. You know. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. and you knew about Leto and this was before I had heard about kind of Jared Leto's life life. So 
when I saw it, all I saw was something that mirrored the comic books. You know, Michael Morbius, a scientist, a doctor, and he's trying to save himself. And he thinks that the answer might be in bats. And I mean, all of that was similar to what I remember from the comic books. So maybe that's so that's what I meant by nothing about it upset oh. me oh, to yeah, the no, extent I that, that I, I was seeing I, I was seeing the comic book. So I wasn't too upset about it because I felt like I was seeing the comic book, which is more than what I could say for Venom. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was like, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it's got a chance. The only thing in it that I thought was lame when I first saw the preview was when he went, mm, I'm Venom. And then he said, no, I'm not Venom, man. I thought that was kind of lame. But other than that, I was seeing the comic book. So I was like, okay, well, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll at least be better than Venom. That was the only thought I had. Now, I'm not saying that that meant I was anticipating it or looking forward to it or anything like that. Of course, I was going to watch it, but, you know, I wasn't mad at what I saw, you know? No, no. And then everything you just said is completely fair. And I think the reason why that Venom joke in the movie doesn't work, at least for you and me and probably Heather and some other people out there, is because it's a, pretty much the same as a joke from the movie Venom. And they just don't work. Yeah. Anytime yeah. you do a joke in the style from the Venom movies, they don't work. And it was that type of joke. Who are you, Venom? And he's like, and he's like I'm just kidding. Dr. Michael Morby is at your service. And you're like, shut the fuck up. Just all of it. <laughs> Just shut all the fuck up. So no, I get it. And, and I get what you're saying. Like as far as comic-esque visuals and whatnot, I can see everything of what you're saying in there. 100%. It's just... To me, I the logic I base it on is if a Morbius comic came out right now, they were like, hey, guys, issue one of the new Morbius comic on stands now. Would you buy it? And I feel like most people wouldn't. No. So then why <laughs> the fuck are we making a movie? <laughs> if you wouldn't buy the character's comic, why the fuck are we making a movie? That's all I'm, th that's, that's, that's what I don't get. But, you know. Now that's an argument that definitely I can understand. He's never been a standalone type of character to me. And some characters are not. And I think that that is definitely something to consider. Some characters just work better when they are a guest in somebody else's shit. That that is when they work the best most of the time is when they are a guest in somebody else's stuff. Uh, some of a lot of these Marvel characters and DC characters too. There's a bunch of them that you can just that are a dime a dozen, and they're only good in the when certain writers have them, when certain writers or artists do the stories, um, when they appear in a group like the X Men or the Avengers, and they're just a guest or. There's some sort of big 
collaboration storyline like House of M or Secret Wars or something like that, where there's not a lot of them, but they are just there as part of the Marvel heroes that are fighting or something like that. Or every now and then when a writer gets a hold of them and does something cool to them. And that is really what a lot of these characters are. You know, they they are not meant to be standalone characters. They were never meant to be that. And even when they tried to have standalone books, they weren't as successful by themselves. And that is just what some of these characters are. You know what I mean? And I think that that's going to be a problem with some of these movies is making these standalone movies with these characters that just traditionally have never really been interesting enough to stand on their own, I think it's going to be difficult. I, I just don't know if all of that will work. You know what I mean? But I, yeah. And I completely agree with you. And I think that one of the interesting things about something you've said is that you were talking about how certain writers have to be the ones doing it or it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of applies to uh, a show that's currently running right now, like Peacemaker. Uh, if anybody but James Gunn was doing this series, I think it'd be the most worthless piece of shit ever because it's based around a yeah. shitty character, Peacemaker. Yeah, but, it would probably suck, bro. I, I agree with that. But because he's doing it, he's got that touch. James Gunn, I think of all directors out there when it comes to comic book movie stuff, has that touch of taking dumb characters and making them work. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy is a huge property for Marvel right now. You know what it wasn't before James Gunn had it? Anything that mattered. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I, I've read a, a, I had read a somewhat decent amount of Guardians of the Galaxy before the movie came out, but I would, it would be because they were tied into something I was reading. You know, they'll do those huge storylines that cross several different comic books and stuff, and there would be a tie-in with Guardians. So I would read that, but. Nobody cared about the Guardians of the Galaxy. And now, dude, they've got their own fucking video game and shit like that. Like, people know the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's all because of James Gunn. And yeah, and it was not a fluke. And you know it's not a fluke because of fucking Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. You know what I mean? He knows what the fuck he's doing with those types of characters. I mean... You look at the first Suicide Squad, which had bigger name characters, at least if you're into DC lore. Worst case scenario, you know, the Batman villain of Killer Croc. And, you you know, it had some bigger name villains. And it, and it had bigger name actors. It, absolutely right. And it sucked so stunningly bad. And then you take the 2021 Suicide Squad and they took like two or three characters from the first one 
and then filled it with a bunch of like W tier villains. Glorious fucking movie. And it's all because he knows yeah. how to make you care about nothing characters. So it's like anytime I see something like a Morbius or something like that, I, all I'm sitting there thinking is you're not trying because you didn't try to get James Gunn. Because James Gunn could have made me care about Morbius. Not, I don't know. What's a basic white person name? Because that's probably who the fuck's directing Morbius. That guy. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm just not going to care about. Honestly, and if you really look at Morbius, he is at best a D-list villain at this point. Like, if this was 1993, fresh off the animated series, maybe. But. Yeah, he's just better with when he's a supporting villain or supporting character in what is a bigger story with other characters that you're more compelled about. And see, and that's the thing, like, that's not to be confused with a character who is easier to do or has more like who has more cross appeal. Like, I mean, I think that there are, there's definitely a such thing as there are certain characters where several different types of writers, directors, actors, people can play the character. And because of the transcendent nature of the character, it can still work. That's why you can have so many Batman movies and we're about to get another The Batman movie with characters we've seen in other Batman movies and it and it can still work. You know, it can still be anticipated. Oh, how is Robert Pattinson going to approach Batman? How are they going to do the Riddler character? Those are transcendent characters. The Joker is another character that's transcendent. Like, you know, um, what was done with the Joker in Batman 89 is different than what uh, the what was done with the Joker in the Dark Knight, which is different from the Joker movie, which is different from the Joker in the Batman animated series. But they're all but for the most part, people enjoy all of those characters for different reasons. But that's because the Joker is an easier character to do that. That's a character where several different people can have put their spin on it and it can still work. Morpheus is not that kind of character. You know what I mean? What, what do you mean? That, that's, that's not a that's not a character where you can do this. Like there, there are certain and I think that sometimes they just look at comic books and go, oh, we can just pull any character from this and do this. Like black, uh, black cat doesn't strike me as that kind of character where just anybody and everybody can just do a little story with her. I think you would have to, it, it, it better be the right story, the right director, the right person who understands the character, hopefully somebody who a, a writer who is a fan of this character and understands this character. It would have, it, you know, you're going to have to move mountains. I think for that character to work. Well, you know, as a standalone movie, same thing with this Morbius character, you know, I mean, for me to really be impressed and love that movie, man, they're going to have to move some mountains. Cause it's not easy to do. This is not the Joker, you know, 
This is not Batman. Well, or is, this is not Spider-Man. Is it, is it because Morbius, the movie, kind of feels like what they were doing with comic book movies in the early 2000s? Just making whatever the fuck they wanted. Mm-hmm. Like a Jonah Hex. Yep. Yeah, Jonah Hex. Or even like Catwoman. I think Catwoman yeah. is another one. Like, like, that's a character where, yes, that is a popular character. Yes, there are people that love Catwoman. Yes, okay, people loved the, the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman and everything like that. Yes, but the but the common denominator is that Catwoman is better when Batman is in the movie, when these other villains are in the movie. So you can see how she compares to them or how she's not like them, even though she's got some villainous tendencies. You know what I mean? Like Catwoman is a character that needs to be in a Batman story. Probably more than Catwoman. Yeah, you need the contrast more than you need a Catwoman movie by herself. Well, you know, I think a Catwoman solo story does work, but it works whenever you have that shared reference to Batman, even if the story doesn't do it. Like if you have a solo story with Catwoman, it works if it's at least she is still the Catwoman from the Batman comics. She might not have, you don't have to, okay. you don't have to reference or have Batman in it, but it has to be that Catwoman. Mm. Whereas Catwoman, just for the sake of Catwomaning, doesn't really work. Kind of like how Venom, yeah. for the sake of Venomaning, doesn't work. You know, they've done this a few times. Like we did, I know a lot of people watched The Joker, but we commented on how. Like when we watched it, we didn't like it and why it didn't work by separating that out. You know, same with a movie. I'm surprised you didn't reference Justin because I know how much you like the movie it's tied to uh, with Electra. When they did that spinoff movie. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah, that's another great example. You know, it, even though she was the same Electra from the Daredevil movie, even, you know, straight up, she was resurrected after it. But like they they separated her so hard from the Daredevil movie in that it it lost the connection of where Electra comes from. You know, I've read some Electra comics that are very good. Uh spoiler alert for uh kind of what's gone on in the Daredevil comics recently, Electra has actually been Daredevil for like a year now. Um, yeah. And it's super interesting and super good. You know, she, you don't have her dealing with daredevil, which is always a great dynamic for her, but you still have that commonality of she's the Electra from the daredevil universe. Cause she is being daredevil cause Matt Murdoch goes to jail. So it works, even though daredevil, the traditional daredevil is gone. It works still having Electra, you know, because it's still that, She's the character of Electra from Daredevil aspect of it. You know, just when you just throw Electra out there and it's like Daredevil who? It's a little weird and a lot bad. So I just don't see how Morbius is going to work. Like it'll be, it's going to be weird that it's probably going to reference 
Venom more than it is Spider-Man. He's a fucking Spider-Man yeah. villain. And he's going to reference yeah. Venom more than Spider-Man. And if it does reference yeah. Spider-Man, it's going to reference four different Spider-Men. So it's still weird. It won't even know what Spider-Man it's referencing. But so that's the first half hour. We haven't even played the fucking intro music yet. Uh, I but, think this is the longest we've spent on this beginning. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> just, be a record for the beginning. Just so you know, listeners, uh, we haven't recorded in like a week and a half. So this is kind of just us getting back in the swing of things. Um, but hey, we're going to be talking about an animal human hybrid, which is right up there with Spider-Man bullshit. So eh, it kind of works. <laughs> Nobody knows anything but you. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Come on. Cinema Slayers. Slayers. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And today we will be talking about the 2021 movie, Lamb, from A24. Uh, we will talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with this movie. Um, we will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section. So, starting us off uh, in a spoiler-free manner will be uh, uh, Heather. What are your spoiler-free thoughts of Lamb? Yeah, so... It's this one's an interesting one for me because I, I still feel like I don't fully know how I feel about this movie. <laughs> I mean, I saw it a couple of days ago, but it's just one of those that I don't know. I'm still thinking about fully what I feel about this movie. Um, I think that it. It's it's definitely what I would consider to be a weird movie, like it's just a very very odd movie it's got you know some weird things in it which if you saw the trailer or know anything about the movie that's not too surprising but i don't know this is a really interesting one because i didn't hate this movie like it i i think it's really i mean i'll say that i probably won't necessarily just put it on to watch again ever but it had me curious the storyline is interesting because I've never seen anything like it before. Um, so I wanted to know what they were going to do with that. I wanted to see how this went and sort of how they were like kind of playing things out in the movie. I was curious. I, I will say that I was fully engaged the whole time because I was like, what's about to happen? What's going to happen? So I think in that sense, it did a good job as far as making you want to know what how this movie ends um i think it's a very beautifully shot movie i think that the acting is good um i think that i i don't care for how they kind of do some of the things in it um as far as basically just more towards the latter half of the movie sort of how things sort of play out um but it was definitely an interesting watch and you will definitely never really see a movie like this again. 
this is very unique, very different. Um, and I, I admire the efforts of this movie. I, I think it was really cool how they kind of stepped out and sort of made this film about something that I never in my lifetime thought there'd be a film about this. <laughs> so I, I, you know, kudos for that. And it, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I feel like an interesting thing about this movie that was kind of cool though, is the fact that it, it didn't have to say too many words. Like there, there was obviously dialogue and there was different characters and different connections and dynamics, but there didn't need to be too much being said for you to understand what these characters were feeling in certain moments and situations. Um, so I think that that was a really well done part of the movie, but just in general, it's kind, I mean, it's definitely an unsettling story and it's, uh, it's just an odd story, but odd in a way where I was like, I just, I just need to know what's going to happen. So it was, I didn't hate this movie. (laughs) I'm not going to say I loved this movie, but I didn't hate it. It was, it was for, for what this movie was about. It was an okay movie for me. So that's, I, again, I'm still trying to gather and collect my thoughts because this is just, it's one of those movies. This one's kind of a doozy, (laughs) but that's where I'm at with it right now. Uh, What about you, Justin? Yeah, I can definitely understand some of what you were saying, Heather, as far as still gathering thoughts on it and everything like that, because I mean, I mean, I I can definitely say that I liked this more than I didn't like it. Like, I do think there were some flaws or there are some things that I probably would have done a little differently story wise. But for the most part, I did appreciate how unique this was. I mean, it was it, it, it was to me unique. It was unlike anything that I've seen this year thus far. Um, it tells the story. It does tell the story in an intriguing way to where you're interested and you want to know what is happening or what are you seeing or where it's going. It definitely does those things correctly as far as the storytelling. The acting is done quite well here where kind of like what what Heather was saying, you don't have to, not everything is explained to you, um, but enough is explained as far as the characters to where you understand the rationale of them. You sort of understand why certain characters are doing certain things. Now on the other spectrum of that, there may have been some other things that maybe could have used some explanations and everything like that, but you get the sense that maybe it was kept mysterious because if they started to explain it, then maybe this thing sort of unravels, you know, maybe the, the, the mystery of it is part of what um, makes it work. And especially when you, you get to the end of this and, and the shock and everything like that. And without saying uh, any details about it, I think that part of the shock is because of the lack of explanations that you get. So part of what makes it almost work and not work simultaneously, because there are some things about it, I think that, that don't quite work, but part of 
what makes it work is the mystery of it all, I think. Um, but no, but but other than that, um, it's definitely I did enjoy watching it overall. Like there was nothing about it that I didn't like or anything like that. It it definitely is another one of those kind of slow burning kind of movies where, you know, it, it it spends a lot of time setting things up, showing you the characters, showing their routines and stuff like that so that you can kind of understand what the characters are and what they're feeling in, at that moment of time, uh, at, you know, before the tides change and things start to change in the story and everything like that. So some of that, you know, depending on what kind of movie watcher you are, you may find that interesting. You may not. You know, it was... Um, you know, me, I, I was fine with it because this was a look into a life that I just don't know. You know, this sort of farming life in Iceland and all of this stuff. This was a, this is just something I don't see often. So I was also intrigued just by visually what I was seeing. But I'm but I know that that's not going to be everybody. So uh, fair warning there. But yeah, but overall. Um, this is not, and it, and it also, the last thing I'll say about it is it definitely gave me like, maybe not a fairy tale, but more of like a fable. Like, uh, it felt more like an Aesop fable or one of those kind of, I don't want, I don't, I'm not going to say a nursery rhyme, but like, it felt like one of those stories where you mix all these different things and you have this little like story about this character that does something. And then at the end, there's like this hard lesson kind of learned, or there's this uh, meaning about what this character went through and what they did. And there's supposed to be like this big meaning at the end of it. Well, the reason why this happened is because we needed to learn this lesson. Uh, Oddly, this sort of felt like that to me. It felt like a cinematic version of like a sort of an Aesop fable or something kind of like that or Grimm's fairy tale. That's what this sort of felt like to me. Something like that with some of its elements and the storytelling and how we were mixing all of these different things. And just what I gathered from that amalgamation was something that felt sort of like that. So, yeah, um, but, but I will give my hat to this for being unique it was a very interesting story. It was a very unique story. I know it's not going to sit well with everyone, but for the most part, with the exception of a few things, the problems that I had, it sat well with me in the end. Yeah, this movie's fucking weird. <laughs> like, hey, I, I didn't know it was going to be uh, in a foreign language, which isn't a deal breaker. It's just when you're not expecting it, you're like, oh shit. Let me let me get ready for this. Um But I mean, ooh, I kind of get a lot of what you were saying, Heather. Like, I don't quite know what to think about this movie. Like, I will say this. It has some very beautiful, beautiful, beautiful shots in the movie. But at the same time. I kind of would have also understood if they if they named this movie Lingering Shots because 
<laughs> it does so many lingering shots of just random ass shit. And it'll just linger on them for whatever reason. Constantly. Now, some of them make a little bit more sense at the end of the movie, but I don't know. I don't necessarily think that that was the route needed to get to that point. I think that there did need to be, like Justin said, a little bit more of some explanations going on with some stuff. Like, there's a weird thing I'll bring up in the spoilers uh, that actually has nothing to do with the weird premise of the movie. There's just a weird aspect to this movie, like to one of the scenes in this movie that I'm just like, wait, what the fuck is that? And it has nothing to do with what I said, the weird premise of this movie. That's its own ball of weirdness. (laughs) But... And uh, we'll get into it. I I should jump off of it because I'm otherwise I'm going to want to say it. But this this movie it's it's got great acting. It's got a very interesting and unique story to it. It's got beautiful shots to it. I just don't think that they fully realized everything that they were trying to tell before they filmed the movie. And I'll go into more of that later too because. I read some interviews with the, the writer-director of this movie that kind of leads to me to think that it wasn't a fully realized concept before they did it. I think narratively speaking, it's okay enough with a lot of this stuff. Like I said, it's very unique. But the storytelling does kind of wane in some instances. And I don't know if the ending works completely. But it's also one of the most unique endings you'll see to a movie. I don't know if it works, but I don't know if it doesn't work. Because it's, it's interesting as fuck. As much as I do think, think that this was kind of half-baked in some instances and stuff like that. It is truly a unique experience, though. Truly is. And that kind of gives it a little bit of, of like, I don't want to say a buffer, but like it give it that helps give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It redeems it a little bit. In some instances, you know, I kind of think that this runs into some of the same problems that like other a 24 movies have ran into in the past when it comes to a green night or a, or hereditary or a midsummer. I think it has some of those same flaws with some of the stuff it does. But I also think that this movie is just truly infinitely more unique than those movies. And, and like you said, Heather redeems itself with that a little bit. And also, I think this is like almost the least amount of dialogue I think I've ever seen in a movie. I was thinking that too during the movie. (laughs) Yeah. But it still very much works. Like that doesn't detract from it. But I think that maybe the story 
would have benefited a little bit from some more dialogue. Because uh, maybe they could have used some dialogue to, to fill in some spots. That that are kind of missing in this movie. But ah, it's still it's ballsy and it's unique. And it's like one of the stories that just kind of really works in the the cinematic format. You know, this wouldn't have worked as a book. I mean, I guess it might have. I don't know. But like it really works as a movie. Like this is the type of story that you do right to be a movie. Because I think it works just that much better as that than it would in another medium. I don't know, maybe a comic book, but it's still, it need to be visual. You need to keep it in the visual medium, I think, to truly uh, work like it does. I don't, I don't hate this movie. I'm not necessarily insanely high on it, but for it being an hour and 45 minutes long, I was engrossed. Because I constantly had no fucking clue what was going to happen next. So, yeah. That's saying something. I mean, because it is a slow, and like Justin says, it's a slow burn. It's a slow-paced movie. But I was engrossed. You know, I, I, at no point was I going, all right, hurry the fuck up. Which is saying something for being a slow movie and, I mean, not terribly long, but you would think at some point, especially me, with the type of, like, chromogeny person I am lately, I would have wanted it to just kind of pick up the pace. I didn't find myself thinking that while I watched it, so that's good, too. So, uh, recommendations and scores? Yeah. Yeah. Recommendations and score. Took me a second to remember what button that was. Uh, Justin, go. Yeah. Um, I, I think I can recommend it. I think that especially if you're, um, kind of a person who, you know, you prefer or you like those kind of, slower pace type of character story type of movies. I think that this is something that you probably uh, will enjoy. If you're looking for something that's a little bit different or something that has a unique way of telling the story, then uh, I think that this is it. You know, I think that this is um, uh, something that's intriguing. I think it's fun to think about and just kind of dissect and everything like that. You know, I could I could see this being um, fun for some people to watch uh, for some. And then but it's weird because I could also see people, somebody watching this, get into the end to get into the end and going uh, WTF. What did I just spend an hour and 45 minutes watching? I could totally see people having that reaction as well. So um I don't know. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's almost like, you know, roulette or something. You may, may you know, uh, maybe you'll fall on the side of me where I 
definitely enjoyed its what it did well more than I did its flaws. And so I think that, you know, I, I would think that that's where most people would land with this. Um, you know, I mean, and there, and there, maybe there are other options and other things that you could be watching, but I didn't have a bad time with this, so I can't hate on it or anything like that. Um, as far as a score, we're going to go with, um, we'll go with 70, uh, shotguns that were used quite a bit, uh, out of a hundred. Uh, what about you, Heather? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very much in that same vein of, I didn't hate this movie and I do, it it was a very ambitious movie. Um, and I appreciate that. And I, I like the, I, I enjoyed how they really did tell the story along in a way where you, it is long, but you don't feel bored with it. And you're not just like, okay, hurry up. Like you said, like you really are just kind of like, I have no idea what to expect and I am fully engaged in what's happening. So I appreciate that aspect of it. And I do think the acting was good. It's just in general, the story is just very strange. (laughs) It's a very, you know, it's, it's a story that I, I've never seen anything like this. I never expected to watch anything like this. Um, but they, it did have elements of it that were interesting and that you want to explore more. And I do agree that I think while I did appreciate that the acting going on said more than the words of the movie did most of the time. Um, I do think certain parts of it or even for character development purposes, a little bit more dialogue might have been good. But again, it does work for how this movie is done. And and yes, it is very beautifully shot movie. Um, So I think. man, this is tough. Like, I'm just still (laughs) it's just one of those like it, it is kind of the definition of a slow burn. Like, I'm still trying to, you know come to terms with everything this movie was, I guess, but I'm going to give it, um, I'll give it a 60, uh, flower crowns on a lamb's head out of a hundred. Um, I don't think, even though I own this movie, I don't think I will ever, uh, watch this movie ever again, but I think I think it's worth a watch. It's at least worth one watch. Like give it that chance. You might think it's weird and dumb. You might think it's just dumb. You might think it's weird and great. You might think it's weird and somewhere in the middle. I just I think that this movie's worth a watch at least. Just it, I think you should just do yourself a favor and watch it at least once. Even if you don't end up liking it. I think it's still worth that because you'll see some shit in this movie that I don't think you'll ever see again or have ever seen before. It's just 100% shit that has never been and will never be seen. And it's in this movie. 
And I think that that's kind of, that gives it, you know, a, a need to be watched because especially nowadays, it's 2022. We've been doing movies for like a hundred fucking years or whatever. Like a lot of shit's been seen and done. You know, I think so. I think this is kind of worth it to kind of experience something a little new and a lot weird. So, yeah, I do recommend it. I do at least once. Um, that being said, I'll give this movie a. I want to give it a 65, but. I don't know. I'll give it a 70. I'll give it a 70. Just there are so many rams in this movie and sheep and that type of animal out of 100. Uh, Spoilers? Real quick. Yeah, I did actually forget to say I agree as far as recommendations. I do think it's worth one watch. I forgot to say that, but now I'm done. Okay. Now can we go to spoilers, Heather? I suppose. Spoilers. Okay, guys, follow me here. Did anyone else think that the dad fucked a sheep and that's how we got it for a little bit? <laughs> or am I the only you one? You know what? I did not. I did not think that. But I mean, with the way this movie was, it's not. It wouldn't have been unheard of. No, I didn't. I didn't have that thought. <laughs> All right. I guess it's just me, but I totally thought the dad fucked a sheep. Um, it's solely based on the scene whenever he's like out in the tractor a little bit after Ada is born where he's kind of like has like a little mini breakdown. He's kind of like weirdly grunting mm. in that scene while he's having a breakdown. And I was like, so was that him grunting at the beginning of the movie and coming in and fucking a sheep? <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. I thought he fucked a sheep and he was having a breakdown because he's like a fucked a sheep. And now we have a baby. Uh, you know, it wouldn't have been strangely the weirdest thing that happened in this movie. So. I I thought that that was very on par with what this movie was doing. Um, but I mean, we might as well jump into it. Uh, there's a naked goat man. Or not goat, sheep man, ram man. That is ultimately Ada's dad. Uh, <laughs> and so, I, like I said, I read some interviews with the uh, the writer director of this movie. This movie is solely based around a dream he had with a man with a with a ram head. That guy, like that that creature we see at the end of this movie, really was the inspiration for this whole movie. He had a dream with that. And like cool. the Rams eating a horse or something. I don't know. But like. Yeah, that was that was a fucking crazy thing. And you would think after seeing a, a movie where what seven eighths of it have a fucking lamb human hybrid in it. That I would not be surprised by another one. But I was. <laughs> I think yeah. it, I think it doesn't hurt that it also was using a gun. 
which kind of made it scarier. <laughs> yeah. Because it's already like a monster, that, and that's scary. But then a monster using a gun. Like, werewolves are scary, but if a werewolf busts out a 9 mil also, that's scarier. Right. So... Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the reason that I didn't go that route with it is because I actually half thought that it was going to be like part of the story was going to be that they were imagining that it was a half human lamb, that it was really just a lamb, that they were so desperate for a child that they made it seem like, oh, it's actually a human. Like, I thought that's the route they were going to take oh. with it. So I think that's why I didn't assume that what you did. Oh, I didn't. I never went that route. Yeah. I, I I went the same route that Heather did actually. Oh, nope. uh, at first, at first, I thought they were imagining it. You know, at first, I thought she, because like when the because at first it was her sort of treating this lamb like it was a baby, like a baby, baby, a human baby, and so. And, 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 you know, at first it was clever how they shot it because at first you didn't get to see the, the human body parts. They just made sure to show just the head. So you're not really suspecting anything that's weird yet until you see the mom starting to kind of, uh, Maria starting to kind of treat it like a baby and everything like that. And then whenever the husband has, that, you know, he goes off in the tractor and kind of cries and everything like that. I thought he was crying because of something like I could tell that something must have happened in the past. And this was before they revealed anything. But I thought that he was crying because he understood why she was acting that way. And I thought that maybe I was like, OK, something had to have happened. They must have lost a child Something must have happened, and that's why the mother is like being way too protective of this lamb. And then he started acting like it. And when I first, and then when they first showed the lamb with the humanoid body or whatever, I was like, okay, they must be imagining this. Like, like they must be seeing their kid in this lamb. And I really thought that's the way it was. I didn't accept it until the brother got involved in the story. Um, mm -hmm. Pater got involved in the story. And then when he was acting the same way with the lamb, I was like, okay, uh, so this is a humanoid lamb. <laughs> and I was like, damn. So, but, but yes, it's there the was thing. a part of it. Yeah, there was a part of it where I was like, okay, they're imagining this. They are seeing their yeah. child in this lamb. And I was like, oh man, this is really sad. And this is tragic. And this is, they're using an animal to deal with grief and, and see, yeah. I thought it was kind of a cautionary tale for that. Cause that shit really happens, you know? Yeah. And it does look like they did actually lose their child, you know? So, Yeah. Didn't they go to like a um like a grave or a little burial thing? And she saw and there was the name Ada on it. Yes. 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 And so by the yeah. time it got to that scene, then I was like, okay, hell yeah. So you know, I, I was I wasn't all the way right because I thought they were imagining a human 
the human mm. hands and feet on the lambs uh, with the lamb hand. Mm. But I, but but at least when we got the gravestone, when we got to the gravesite and we saw that the the daughter Ada had passed, and now the lamb's name is Ada, I was like, okay, so I wasn't completely wrong, but yeah, I was wrong about the imagining, so to speak. But no, I get why you thought that because I totally thought that. See, yeah, I thought that scene when he was breaking down in the tractor was because he's like, man, I fucked a goat. We have a kid now. <laughs> shit. Like, I thought it like, all right, my two my two thoughts for most of the movie were that the dad fucked the sheep. Or that it was going to end up being like a devil baby. Like the devil did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, type of scenario, because there were just. And I think that that's what was fucking me up in this movie was the fact that there are so many goddamn lingering shots on the most random ass shit. Like there's a scene earlier yeah. in the movie when the dog freaks out about some stuff and it then lingers on what looks like a rope with a knot tied on the end of it. Like it looks like a dog toy. And it just lingers there for like 30 seconds. And I'm like, is that a dog toy or is that some bone thing or I don't know, a talisman or some shit. And then it like, there's a scene where it just lingers on this one Ram. There wasn't, I don't even think was one of their Rams. I think it was a wild Ram and it lingers on it for like a minute and a half, you know? And then it lingers on, a shot of like she's having a dream of a bunch of rams and it just lingers on a, a shot of them for like 30 45 seconds so i was like oh did the devil fuck a sheep i thought it was either the devil or the dad that was the only things that crossed my mind through all this movie i never <laughs> once thought like i completely accepted the premise of this was a lamb human hybrid from the second they showed it. You know, like I completely bit on that the whole time. Never once questioned it. So I think that that's interesting that both of you guys had that shot or that same feeling. Cause like I said, never once crossed my mind. I didn't even think of that until you said that Heather, that that could have been <laughs> a thing. That's how far away I was from that thought process. Uh, and then you see this fucking thing's real dad. I'll be damned. That was a ram man or a man ram. <laughs> yes. It was definitely a very jarring moment. Yeah, because you go and you see the shot of what? what's his name? Igvner? Ingvar? Ingvar, yeah. And you just see him bleeding from the neck after getting shot. You're like, man, what the fuck? Did like Peter come back and go all right. like crazy? What the fuck is going on? And then it just goes camera straight on Ram Man. You're like, holy fuck, that is a Ram person. Holy shit. And then some of the yeah, other scenes. Yeah, a terrifying make some one. Sense. Yeah, that was just, it's out of nowhere just going. Um, no, I, I want to touch base real quick on a scene. The scene that to me made the least sense in this entire movie. 
was when Peter gets dropped off. These people are just driving down the road and stop. And they pull him out of the trunk of the car. They just right. abandon him. And they, they throw his cell phone away. And just abandon him. Right. And then drive the fuck away. And he just goes, man, I'm out here in the middle of the countryside. I'm going to walk. Oh, hey, there's this farm. I'm going to watch this lady bury a goat. All right, now I'm going to go sleep in the barn, even though it's cold. Oh, what's up, brother? What the fuck? Yeah, that threw me off, too. That whole sequence of events made no fucking sense to me. I will 100% accept that there are livestock human hybrids in this movie. (laughs) I will accept all of that. Do not accept anything with the brother showing up. None of that made a goddamn lick of sense to me. Did either of you understand any aspect of those scenes? No, I mean, unless it was one of those where, like, off screen, obviously, the brother said, listen, drop me off here. I know some people. And they just, like, left him there. But I agree. I actually think a lot of the storyline with the brother in general felt kind of pointless. Um, like even his whole like attraction to the wife and like clearly wanting her and all these things. Like, I just felt like it was sort of pointless to the whole rest of anything else going on. Um, the only purpose it felt like he served was really to be like that third party person to show that like, Oh, somebody else sees that this is a a hybrid lamb human. And (laughs) it's like to kind of solidify that it's not just them making this up in their minds for the audience's sake to know, okay, somebody else sees the same thing. You know, I feel like that might've been the only purpose really that it served. Otherwise I don't know why he was even really part of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. And I was going to say that he was a problem that I had with this movie. I think that he should have been approached a different way because at first they set him up like he was going to kind of be the opposition to what they were doing. You know, the voice of reason, kind of this person going, look, it is not healthy to be having this lamb human person and treating them like they are your child that you lost. You know, this is an animal. And at first he did take that stance. So I thought that that's what he was going to be was like sort of the opposition to what they were doing, the warning to what they were doing, you know, and then ultimately get rid of him or not listen to him. And then you get the ultimate consequence, which is at the end, because see, to me, this felt a lot like, like I said, an Aesop fable or like a grim fairy tale where you mix all these different things, you know, and, and and to me, it totally plays out like that. You know, one day this grieving mother and father found a, um, a child, you know, lamb, a, a, a lamb human thing. And they thought, well, you know, we lost our kids, so we'll take care of it. And 
the mom, the, the mother lamb tries to get the child back, but the mother won't let her have it. And then that happens. And then ultimately there's this consequence that plays out. It sounds like a story like that where animals are talking and humans are interacting and there are all these different mixtures of things, but ultimately there's this lesson, there's this consequence, this thing, sort of tragic thing that happens at the end. And there's kind of like this lesson learned. And typically in those stories, there's a character that is warning them or there or the, or the, the, the fairy godmother warns not to be too greedy or, you know, normally there's a character like that. And then the characters don't listen. And then you have the grim part of the tale or whatever. I was thinking that's what the brother was. I was thinking maybe that's what his role was going to be. But then he accepts the lamb. And he's just loving Ada just like everybody else is. And then he just leaves. And then he makes some advances. They fail. And then he leaves. And so I'm left kind of thinking exactly like you, Heather. What was the purpose of that? Uh, other than for him to just be this third person that uh, the lamb won over. You know what I mean? But I liked him better as somebody who was sitting there going, guys, don't do this. This is crazy. You know, I know I am not the perfect person. I know I got dropped off over here or whatever, and I'm kind of crashing in on my brother and everything. But please don't do this. This is not healthy. This is not good. And I wish they had shunned him or got rid of him because they didn't like him being the opposition to it. Then I think it would have made when the end happens, it would have made it that much more impactful to me because I would have been like, oh man, you know, the brother, he wasn't perfect. You know, he was sitting on the wife too much, but he warned him. He was right about this. He was right about what they were doing was dangerous and not healthy, you know, but you don't get that because they sort of switched him. And then he was just another person loving Ada. You know what I mean? Yeah, but at the same time, I will say this. I did really like the scene when the mom woke up and was all scared. And then she finds them just sleeping in the chair together. That was adorable as fuck. Yeah, that was cute. I mean, I get what you're saying. Narratively, it is a fucking mess because of the brother. But visually, that was an adorable ass scene. It really was. I agree with that. That was really cute. You know. Yeah. So unfortunately, he just winds up padding the runtime, you know, yeah, with him and his interactions and everything like that. He definitely pads the runtime, but it sucks that that's just kind of all he does. See, you know, I think it would have been better because of the way he gets dropped off as just he's in a trunk and abandoned in the countryside. I think it would have been better if he was just a stranger, but they let him stay there because they're afraid he'll tell people about their daughter. Yeah. And then yeah, everything they been. did with his character, yeah, could have been a stranger. And then him wanting to sleep with the wife would make more sense. And then you could do some of those scenes, what you were talking about, Justin, while they don't want to let him go. So they kind of kidnap him, but they, you know, they just let him live there and they keep him there. But he is also the opposition, like you're saying. Of that's not natural. 
all of that would have made way more sense if he wasn't their fucking brother. Like, it just, none of that played out in any sort of reasonable ass way. But I do like what you touched on, Jastin, because that is actually the theme of this movie, apparently. And I, I, it makes sense seeing it and everything, too. It's just that it really was kind of about man's greed when it comes to nature. That humans are willing to take whatever they want from nature, regardless of the consequences. And just to fill whatever needs they have. And it's very obvious throughout mm. the, the, the telling of this movie that they lost their child. So Ada 2.0, which it's also weird that they named her the same as their dead baby. That's mm-hmm. just weird. Yeah. Like, I get that they were grieving, but give it its own name. That's weird. But they t- looked at this as a second chance, regardless of whether or not they should have taken it. And I liked the foreboding nature that they had throughout this movie with that as like that they shouldn't have taken it as in like, you know, a lot of animals, like especially livestock animals, their offspring are taken from them all the time and sold off or killed or whatever. But like I loved in this movie that that mom sheep was just constantly trying to get her baby back. And yeah, like that showed that aspect of it. And the, you know, those like those little things of showing that whilst it did fill their need, was it the right thing to do to take it? I liked those aspects throughout the movie. And then you get the ultimate consequences of, like what happens when you do something like that and like more or less that nature comes and gets you nature comes and gets what it is. It's it's what it is back, you know? So I liked what you were talking about. Cause that is the theme of this movie with greed and everything like that. So I appreciated those aspects of it. It's just, I think by having the brother show up, but then be greedy in a different way, just it made it messy because it was like all this different kinds of greed that just didn't necessarily mesh with telling the same story wanting to fuck your brother's wife isn't the same as taking something from nature because you need to fill a hole in your heart like it's not the same thing it's weird and also, yeah, is it was it supposed to be irony in a way because he was trying to take her from his brother and she was like, no, don't do this. That's wrong. Everything like that. But ironically, she was taking Ada from her family. So it was like, I don't know if they thought maybe there was an ironic angle there or what they thought that was, but Either way, it just did not work for me. I I like the flawed brother who's making advances, even if her and um, even if the brother and Maria had had some history, like she used to have a crush on him, but she wound up with the brother, something like that. You know, he was a singer and something like that. He had a music video or something like that. So 
he was obviously an aspiring singer or enjoyed some fame or something like that. I don't know. It would have been cool if maybe if you had found out and like they could have alluded to it with not any with not a lot of dialogue. But what if him and Maria had some sort of history? And maybe he was trying to come back and he was like, you know, I miss you. I miss what we had and stuff like that. And, you know, he married you, but, you know, I still want you kind of thing. And her being like, no, nah, that was in the past. Like you left and, you know, you wanted to be a big star, blah, 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 blah. And I fell in love with your brother. You know, even if they had had some history to sort of kind of explain why he was making those advances. And even if you still kept that, he shouldn't have liked the lamb. I wish he just still was that voice of reason about the lamb. I, even still, he could have had some flaws and been like, yeah, I want to screw my brother's wife. But it would have been cool if he had those flaws, but he was still right about the lamb. You know, it's just that it's coming from kind of a sleazeball brother, but he's still right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree, Justin. I mean, there was definitely elements there that they should have cleared up. And it's really funny that. Narratively speaking, our biggest problem is not the lamb human. (laughs) Right. Like, the movie does a good enough job of just selling that you accept that there's a lamb human. It does not do a good enough job of selling why the brother is there or part of this story. Because narratively, that that's my issues. Is everything around the brother in those aspects of the story that it introduces? Like... Now, I do think they get a little sloppy with the idea of the Ram guy at the end because this creature is obviously slightly stalking them and has been so close to them that he, A, fucked one of their sheep and B, killed their dog like 30 feet away from the house. So I feel like it would have it 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 kind of makes no sense to make the move when it does. You know? Like that move to get its child back doesn't make sense at that moment as much as it would have at other times. But I mean, and that's kind of like slightly nitpicky. Cuz I'm just saying if the creature's right there, next to the house why does it like run away back to the mountains to come back again when they're going to fix the tractor you know what i mean like that part of it makes no sense to me but that's slightly nitpicky the brother shit is just not well thought out at all like those aspects of the story just i would infinitely rather them not be there and like you said Justin, in a lot of ways with the version of the story we get in this movie it is just 100% padding the runtime. 
Yeah. And more or less gives us the sex scene. Like they use the brother to take the daughter or the, 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 you know, the lamb daughter on the fishing trip, little thing, just so we can watch the parents fuck. Like that's really the purpose of the character in a lot of ways is this runtime and a sex scene. And neither one of those are really necessary in this movie. None of that's necessary. We don't need any of that. So like, it's just in the end and oh, and to take the mother away at the end of the movie. Those are the three purposes of the brother runtime, sex scene, and the MacGuffin to get the mother away at the end. You could have yeah. just done so many other different things instead. You could have just had her be drunk, you know, because they were all drinking, whatever. You know, they could have just, you know, the 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 dad and the mom could have just been drinking one night and having fun, whatever. And, you know, he gets up and tries to wake her up and she's slightly hung over. He's just like, hey, baby, you stay in bed. Me and Ada are going to go fix the the tractor. Yeah. And then they go to the tractor and can't fix it. But they're like, hey, let's go get the fishnets anyway. And then, you know, the mom could be waking up at that point and being like, oh, I'm going to make everybody breakfast and then hear the gunshot like she does in the sh- in the, the movie and then do the whole ending just like they did. You could still do that without the brother yeah. character being weird about everything. Because it's also a weird scene when she locks the brother in the closet and to cover up him screaming and banging on the door, she just starts frantically playing the piano. That's a weird scene. It's just hard to believe that the brother was that naive to everything, like her husband, because they were loud, like especially when he's like banging on the door and whatever. And I don't know. I just feel like it's not like he was trying to necessarily hide like his attraction to the wife. So I feel like they just play the husband as if he's super naive. Well, I I kind of agree with you at parts of it, like that he is naive about it. I understand him not waking up when they're being all loud at that part because he's drunk as fuck. So I get that. I've been drunk enough to be dead to the world. So that part of it (laughs) makes sense. But like, I don't know the scene where the guy's staring at his naked wife in the bathtub. And he's just like, yep. hey, bro, quit being weird about my lamb child. You should have been like, hey, bro, quit trying <laughs> to fuck my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, and see, that's why I'm saying that it, it would have been better if there had been a history between them that he didn't know about. Yeah. And, they, you know, they do play like, like, it like they may have fucked before. Some yeah, of those they do. Scenes, they play it like they fuck. Yeah, and he, and if that had happened, if there had been something, if he, if I, and and I mean, you didn't even need that much dialogue. I don't need a flashback or anything like that. He could have just been like, "You never told them about us, did you?" You know, and then she could have been like, "That was a long time ago, or that was before." Um, I started going with him or that was before I even started dating him or that was so long ago. That's ancient history. It could have been any, it could have just been a quick back and forth like that. 
just something to let us know that they had some sort of history and he's having old feelings about her and stuff Ooh. like that. And maybe the brother doesn't suspect it. And then everything could have been the same. Like she, her, you know, throwing him in the door and everything like that. And then, you know, getting rid of him the next morning going, okay, you got to go. You know, you can't be here anymore because you just are getting unbearable. You got to go. All of that could have been the same. I just wish that he was that they added that and that he was mad at the lamb. Yeah. Still. And they and they set up that scene perfectly, too, with what you're talking about. The perfect opportunity when they're in the kitchen and she was like, don't. It's been a nice evening evening. And he was like, it could be nicer. And then she could have just said like a line of dialogue that's like. We, you know why we can't do that anymore or something. Just that one line. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. And you can keep the scene going like it did. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, they, the elements were there. They just didn't tie any of that together. That's the problem with all the brother scenes. The elements of what was needed from them are there the whole time. They just never actually tied those aspects of it together to make those scenes effective. Like they do everything else. Like I said, that's what's kind of the most telling thing about this movie, narratively speaking. None of us are still saying we have problems with the lamb baby. What should be the weirdest thing in this movie? The lamb human hybrid child. Is not the biggest problem in this movie, narratively speaking. At all. Like by a mile. Because the movie does a good job of selling that. And that's what makes the brother scenes feel so cheap. Is if you can sell, if you can sell me on a fucking lamb human hybrid child thing that naturally fucking happens. It's not like a crazy science experiment, anything like it's it just fucking happens. You can sell me on that, but you can't sell me that the brother character needs to actually be in this movie. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You make a good point. And to say something just about the Ram man, at the end, I, I just think that you you just knew so little about him that, and that's why I kind of say when you get to the end of this, it's effective because when you see him for the first time, there is that shock and that wow factor and that jarring factor of, oh my gosh, look at him and he shot him and damn man, this is some, this is crazy. Um, but, but, but then I guess the other problem, the the other side of that though, is the problematic aspect. It's just that you don't know enough about him. Like, like you were saying, why did it take so long for him to do this? Was he, was he trying to figure out where Ada was or did he not know? Was he, He did did he have his suspicions? When he kills the dog. Oh yeah, that's right. Ada was there. So why didn't he just exactly take Ada right there? Exactly. You know what I mean? So what was that about? Was it because he was, you know, was he, it it didn't look like it took him long to take care of that dog. 
And even then she was still standing there. You could hear the dog like yelping and then Ada kind of runs away. So that was weird. And then Hakim Ada didn't warn the, why didn't she run to one of the parents and be like, acting all like scared scared and shit. Like I get that she, and it makes sense in, in for like later when you really think about it, what she does after that is she goes and stares in the mirror because she's more or less going, Oh, that thing was like me. Yeah. You what know, am like, I? That sort existential of thing. crisis yeah. aspect. I get that. That part of it, I understand. But. Or even when she's looking at the picture and she can hear. Yeah. Uh, all of the Rams are audible, kind of like that call of the wild, you know, like. Yeah. That harbinger of you're not where you're supposed to be yeah all of that so maybe yeah okay so if i accept all of that you know but there still should have been fear she's still confusion or something because to her that was still her dog she still watched her dog get murdered there still should have been fear because i think if she had ran in got her parents and was acting like there's something scary outside and they go outside and they don't see anything. Cause like they don't, they never even see the dog. So they go outside and they don't even see the dog. They don't see the dead dog. They don't see anything. And then they could go back inside and then she could have the existential crisis. There still should have been fear though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that still should have happened. But like I said, I do retroactively understand some of the scenes they put of her having that existential crisis. It's just they it's still a child and it's still fear. There still should have been fear. But she just walked back in like nothing fucking happened. Just no weirdness at all. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and she didn't, Ada didn't talk at all, right? I'm not crazy no. with that. No, she did not talk. No, but she, it, she could, but sh- it, she'd shake her head. Yes. And no, it. Thinks. Right. But it felt like the parents acted as if she could talk, you know? I think it's one of those things kind of like with babies. You know what their actions mean? Mm. Even though they can't talk. You know, yeah, I guess that's because true. she understood what they said, you know, and like yeah. I said, because she would respond to them, you know, like when they're doing the whole bath scene and the mom's like, do it again. And she'd splash her again. Yeah. Or and she would shake her mm-hmm. head. Yes. So, you know, she would respond to them. It was just in her own nonverbal way. And when you live with right. like, and that's just like any child that might be nonverbal. You live with them long enough, you know what their actions and their responses like physically mean type of scenario. Yeah, okay. That's at least That's how fair. I interpreted it, you know? But like I said, they, if she had ran inside acting afraid and like grabbing onto like the mom's hand and pulling her outside to show her what she saw, that would have made sense, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what's weird to me about it. 
you know, were those aspects of it is that there was that disconnect in the scenes. And like Justin, like me and Justin Bolt said, why the fuck did he try to take her then? Honestly, I think it would have been awesome right. at, at that scene if she had ran in all scared and fucking Ram guy bursts in the house and there's just a bloodbath of them fighting the goat guy. <laughs> I would have been so down <laughs> for that. Or I would have been so down if it kind of turned into more of a horror movie and there's like this creature trying to get in and steal Ada for the last like 15 minutes of the movie. I've been totally down for that too. I'm not, not that I'm saying the ending of this no. movie doesn't work. I'm just thinking that's a really cool looking monster thing. I want to see it do some more monster shit. Plus it knows how to use a gun. Yeah. It's completely unfazed by using a gun. And I am insanely fascinated by that concept that a, it knows yeah, what right. guns are and knows how to directly use them effectively. Yeah, like just a real clean shot to the neck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and then into the leg to make sure that he couldn't follow it. Or like, into you know what I mean? He made sure that the way he shot yeah. him killed him. You know, to neutralize the threat. I love that idea. So I want to see this monster do other crazy shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe the other way to look at it is, was he... A monster per se. I mean, maybe it you was more he was about just a vengeance. Yeah, he, well, yeah he, you know, because maybe it was more just about vengeance because the mother sheep was killed brutally. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, and then his child was taken. So looking at it from his perspective, maybe it was just about finding the right opportunity and you know, you stole my partner, so now I'm taking yours. And now it's an eye for an eye, and I want my child back, and that's going to be the end of it. But maybe he's not a monster in the sense of, oh, I just go around killing people. Maybe it was just sort of a thing of, you know, I'm doing what I do, and you interfered with that. So That's incredibly yeah. fair, now, Justin. Because you can argue now you'll face a, my wrath, you yeah, know. You can argue that he's just a regular animal. I mean, he's not right, but you know what I mean. He's just a part yeah, of nature, yeah. not a monster, a part yeah. of nature. And mm -hmm. it was vengeance. And but then what you're arguing though, too, Justin, is that he was using strategy to d use the best time in which to get his daughter back and exact the necessary revenge that he felt was necessary. Then also, that still means I want to know more about this fucking creature because then it also knows strategy. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It knew how to use a gun, so it was educated in some way. It obviously knew some human things and had some human ways about it. So, and that's yeah. what I mean. So, a lot of it does work at the end because of the shock factor. But but the double-edged sword of that is, is that you are never going to get all of these answers, you know? But, and if you did, it probably doesn't work as well, you know? Yeah, but at the same yeah. time. If, it, if he went into a monologue and was like, I come from the mountains, you know, th that probably would have been some bullshit, you know? <laughs> what would have been the perfect way to do this? You know what I mean? But, but, but it's... <laughs> It's the double-edged sword aspect of it like you're talking about that is a good thing because that means you're doing something in a movie that you just want more of. 
You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That, yeah. The, the less is more aspect that they more or less bring to this movie isn't necessarily a detractor. Like I don't, I didn't detract points because we don't get the backstory of the Ram man, but I want to know more because that's an insanely interesting concept. You're mm-hmm. introducing a concept. Yeah. That I want to know more now. Yeah. So it, I do also think it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that like, so that's like a, a good wanting, like a good, like that's a good thing for the movie that, it does something that you just want more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Um, I do think it's interesting that the, just that whole idea or how they did it where, you know, the mom is the one who shot the mother lamb. And then just that contrast of like, now the male is shooting the male kind of like, yeah, like you're saying, like, it's kind of like this retaliation and this like mirroring of what was done to them kind of thing and their family in a sense, like it's basically just mirroring that. And I do think that that was a really like cool and interesting way to sort of have that revenge, like. And that's why it does work as far as how they introduce this like Ram creature and how very jarring it was to just see him be like, okay, I'm shooting you. I'm shooting you dead. And I'm taking my child because that's essentially the exact same thing that the mom did. And I just think that that was a really like cool way to really show that, you know, like they were kind of trying to mirror each other in a sense like the animals and the people were kind of mirroring each other no that's very true yeah yeah that's a good point and i mean that just perfectly explains the ram man's rationale he was just doing what she was doing you know although hers was misplaced because you know your child is dead and you're not dealing with that in a healthy way. So even though the way she acted and that primal scream that she sort of had, which was great acting by her um, and then doing all of that. And also the way that that was shot, how eerie that was. And it was almost very horror. Like there were a lot of times where it did kind of have some horror ish kind of elements to it but yeah you're exactly right the way that she acted there and what she was feeling in that moment had to have been what that ram was feeling you know except it was yeah except morally i guess speaking the ram was in the right you know right No, that's very true, too. This movie does have a lot of interesting concepts to it, and that's why I do think that it's one of those movies that, like I said, you should watch at least once. Like, I think that there's a lot here that is incredibly interesting and everything like that. It's just that brother comes and fucks it up. Just all kinds of fucking it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't ruin it completely, but God, if they had just 
went left instead of right with him, if they had just did B instead of A, if they, if there were just a few things different, I don't even think you needed to change everything about the brother. You just needed to add something and then you needed to keep something consistent and that would have fixed him. You know, they, they just made a couple of decisions there. And so that brother feels lost in this, you know, so it does. It's not a deal breaker, but yeah, man, you just wish that had been patched up, you know, you know? Yeah. It just, it makes it, like I said, it makes the movie slightly half-baked. Yeah. It's like watching the Olympics, you know, and you see this, this, this gymnast do all of this perfect stuff. But that landing, man, you know, but you stumbled a bit on that landing. And sometimes that is the difference between gold, silver and bronze. You know, that little shift that your foot did at the end of all those flips. And that's kind of what this does, man. It does all these unique twists and turns and twirls and stuff like that. And then the brother comes in and we kind of stumble and then we land in place and Everybody claps and it was pretty good and you're going to get um, a respectable score, but you're not going to get that score to take the gold, you know? Well, you're very right on that. So you guys got any more thoughts about this movie, The Lamb? No, I think we had good good conversation about this one. Yeah, I'm good. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers podcast or Twitter and Instagram where we're Cinema underscore Slayers or TikTok where we're Cinema Slayers pod. Uh, shout out to Plug Migo and Mudo Ochoa for our theme song and logos, respectively. Uh, give us a five star rating and review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your family's friends, tell your fr- friends' families, but mostly tell those dear sweet moms. And do you know why? Because every mom wants a uh, lamb baby. Or maybe not. <laughs> I don't really know. But this movie makes me think that moms love lamb babies. So. Yeah, tell mothers about that. And uh, most importantly, as always, as I say in the TikToks and in this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. I don't know anybody. Somebody else knows. Nobody knows anything but you. Cinema Slayers. Man, I forgot about Mary. How do you forget about Mary? How does Mary? that go? There's How something does that go? About some her. like, oh, there was there was something about Mary, and she has a little lamb. How does that go? I think that was it right there, Mary Justin. Had a little do lamb. not do not feed this oh, motherfucker's little lamb, little <laughs> lamb. That's right. Mary had a little lamb, and the. Fleece was white as snow. That's it. The fleece was white as snow. Damn it, Heather. You played <laughs> right into his trap. Just right the fuck into it. It was just like, I no. was so shocked that he didn't know. No, he knew. He knew. <laughs> the That's the thing. Is He knew. 
You played into his trap. He knew. The fleece. I just forgot about that fleece, man. Justin, you didn't fucking forget about no damn fleece. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot about Mary's fleece. Damn it, Heather. You just played right the fuck into his trap. (laughs) If this was a war, we'd all be slaughtered because you would have just taken us right into the enemy's trap. Just right the fuck into it. That's the something about Mary, that fleece, man. Can't believe I forgot about that fleece. And you know you damn well you didn't forget about no damn fleece. <laughs> Gotta floss that white fleece. That's the last thing you do with fleece. You just floss it? What the fuck are you rambling <laughs> on about over there? <laughs> you gotta, damn it, Heather. Gotta show off just, that white fleece. Damn it, Heather. Why did you do this to us? Listen, I felt a little bit, you no. know, phased out from our game today because we didn't get to me. So I had to, you know, do something. No, because you were going to get to choose on the verse? next episode, Heather. You were going to get to choose oh. A, B, or C. But no, oh, you had okay. to play into Jason's asshole game. Man, why? Come on, dude. Why I didn't, didn't know about his games. Place? But it's such a chore for you to play by the rules of the game. I didn't know that that was the rule. To not play into Justin's asshole games? That's always the rule. I didn't know it was was playing into it. (laughs) I just didn't know it was playing into it. Heather, you have heard this man sing how many damn songs out of nowhere. Before or during the podcast. Well, so have you, and you're the one who said it first. (laughs) Yeah. You said, really? Not even Mary had a little lamb? Because I believe that Justin couldn't think of this, like, what song to sing. But do you honestly believe this man did not know the words to Mary had a little lamb? He had me fooled. I really thought I was like, your, your jukebox is broken. I don't know. Can't trust this man. Oh, and the main character's name was Maria, right? Like Maria. I wonder if that was on purpose. Like, right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that actually, but yeah. Really, you didn't get that? Because it's Maria, mm-hmm. but it is Mary. Like her name's Mary. Yeah, no, I didn't even like make that correlation, but that man. does make sense. That's good. Man. That's clever. Mind blown, man! And everywhere that Mary went, Mary went, Mary went. Everywhere that Mary went, the Lamb was sure to go, and that's what happened, guys. Except, (gasps) except the Lamb did not follow Mary to drop the uncle off, and her dad died because of it. So. Boom, right there. Just saying. You're right, Sterling. I regret everything. Just, I don't know how you fell for it. I just don't. Yeah. All right, I'm out. <laughs>